Thank you for staying with us. Uh, this is the Ubuntu Radio. I think our tagline is South Africa's public diplomacy in action. Um, thank you so much for staying with us. And as, as we promised, uh, we will be uh, speaking to the African Congress for Transformation. Uh, Mr. Ntlanta Mabena is joining us on the line to talk more issues on uh, their party and uh, leading, of course, to the 2024 provincial and national election. Uh, the date yet to be confirmed, but at least we know movements are going on uh, on the ground to prepare for that and I uh, understand the uh, African Congress for Transformation is also getting up to that election. Babma uh, Ben Mbuduma, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Thank you very much. Bunjan Baba. We thought we should just reach out to you and you know, how, find out how things are going on your side. Uh, I'm sure you guys are tired now with the ups and the down of the campaigning season. Yes, we were very hectic. We are on the door-to-door campaigns um, on a reach-out program, reaching the people. Um, mm. Yeah, and all those things were very hectic. Ah, I like the I like the fact that you are happy, so it means the results are, are showing there. <laughs> exactly, it's showing, it's showing, yes, it's showing. Ah, that's good. I'm, I'm of course with my with my co-host here, Usabel Makubo. Uh, Makubo, what uh, what are we looking at? Mapena uh, is on the line with us. Maybe I just give a sense of what definitely we'll be talking about uh, with Ntanta uh, Mapena. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mr. Maupa. And today, of course, as you've correctly stated, we are in conversation with the African uh, Congress for Transformation Act, which is a South African political party that is founded in August 2023 by former African National Congress Secretary General and uh, Premier of the Free State, Mr. Isma Hashuri, along with the former Hawks boss, Mr. Benny Nkemeza. According to the organization's website, ACT is a political movement established in 2023 to address social, economic, political disparities through a transformative approach that emphasizes unity, equality, and the well-being of citizens. ACT is intending to contest in the 2024 elections, as you correctly stated, Mr. Maupa. Um, but Mabena, are you intending or you have, uh, you are definitely contesting in the election? Yes, we're definitely contesting. We're definitely contesting. Uh, and for those that don't know the party, I mean, Sabelo did describe what is it about. Maybe briefly, uh, just give us a brief sense of the party's history and some of the core values. Yeah, the history of ACT, as we have already alluded uh, earlier on, is that uh, it was founded in uh, uh, August um, last year, and then that uh, is to address uh, those disparities which uh, the ruling party has failed to address uh, uh, we, we can see that economically we're going to the train. So we're fitting in that space to make sure that those um, projects uh, which were not fulfilled, understand, um, since '94, we just fine tune them and make sure that uh, the people they gain confidence again uh, are on the leadership or on the uh, ruling um, party or a party we can be closer to the people. So uh, our main priority on our 16 pillars is that uh, we're dealing with uh, education exclusion, economic exclusion, teenage pregnancy, human trafficking, mm. water shedding, unemployment, load shedding, landlessness, 
exploitation, corruption, inequality, poverty, racism, drugs, crime, and GPV. So we have coined everything uh, around that to say even our manifesto, which we are going to launch early March, mm. uh, is going to be uh, uh, confined to what I've just explained to you to say, no, this is where we stand, where we feel that we need to address these issues which are alluded to. Absolutely. And Mr. Mapena, you, you speak of the 16 pillars that you are obviously focusing on as your campaign strategy and what you are promising to deliver um, to the people. And I think part of your foundation is that your party is also um, founded on the basis of uh, pan-Africanism and Marxism. Can you maybe describe to us what the response has been in your door-to-door campaign in terms of um, the approach of your party using pan-Africanism and uh, Marxism? Or you know, are you going to see the response from people obviously voting for you? Uh, absolutely. It means, uh, we, 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 remember, that's why we're saying we're the African um, Congress for Transformation. So right. it means, um, uh, by me saying that um, there's Africanism uh, within the organization. And uh, on our logo, you'll find that um, there's a logo, again, of a communist meaning um, the communism uh, is part of us. That's why we always do community work being part of the community because that's how you fulfill communism in, in its totality if you are a true communist. So that's what we want to do to say the communism must be uh, seen um, as reflected by what we do on the ground. Same with pan-Africanism. We need to make sure that um, those past imbalances are addressed because most of the African people understand have always been underprivileged until now. So as African um, uh, uh, Congress for Transformation, we want to make sure that we transform their lives understand it mustn't be always a dream, a dream, a dream. Now that we are in power, now um, we need to address those things and make sure that the resources are challenged to these Africans, to these blacks, understand, so that at the end of the day, uh, we won't be in a situation where there's high unemployment, education, and all these things which I've mentioned, because most of these things were segregated the black population. And uh, most of the people now who are running on the ground, they are unemployed, meaning they want their, their problems to be addressed by act because they have been neglected. So we're touching all those communities where we feel that they are now being undermined because yeah. we have um, uh, classes, there's a mixed class and whatever, but all these classes, uh, they gain power through uh, exploiting the people on the ground. Those who doesn't have, those who doesn't have anything, but they are the ones who are running around with the VGs and everything to make sure that there's change within the republic. Mm. We're going to talk, of course, about your approach to, um, you know, jobs and, and unemployment. Uh, I just want us to exhaust just briefly on that point of, of Marxism and communism and pan-Africanism. Um, we've seen sort of a number of um, parties talking into that line. Um, you know, are we not duplicating things? And uh, what what are you offering differently from the political uh, point of view, uh, uh, you know, from uh, these other parties that also um, champion uh, the same uh, ideologies? Yeah, what, what we do is to say, 
sometimes uh, we need to be closer to our people mm. and get them along um, uh, so that they'll understand even when we've got um, bilateral or a relationship uh, with uh, countries um, from the first world we need to utilize that opportunity so that it's going to help us to implement some of the things which they are good and they are going to speed up the process meaning part of the um, our approach is to have um, a 24-hour economy which is going to address a lot of things of unemployment and understand uh, youth unemployment which is skyrocketing and try to take off the backlog because we cannot be confined to a situation whereby the president will say no uh, business people have committed to three million jobs for example, only mm. to find that that is a non-starter, it won't happen. But once you open the economy to 24 hours, you can be able to create almost, let's say, 6 million jobs, understand, within a short space of time, because that's a reality. We're not unlucky. But part of the projects which have been done by other political parties, whatever, is time-sucking because it will never be realized in our lifetime. But now we want to make sure that what will come up as act is something people which I understand are going to uh, realize before they pass on because a lot of people have waiting, been waiting for good things but it never happened. But as mm. fact, we are trying to have something which we say, what is the stumbling block? The stumbling block is unemployment. Mm. How can we improvise and come out of understand our Africanness and be uh, understand um, productive? We create the economy. Instead of closing all the shops at 6 o'clock, we make sure that we have another ship which is going to employ people. That is a reality. It doesn't need a rocket scientist. But uh, when you say a business, people have committed. We are in their midst because they can withdraw draw from what they have pleaded on. You understand? It has mm. been happening years and years. Understand, and there's no barometer again to say they've done that. But on the 24 hour economy, a lot of things are going to change because even on crime, we'll make sure that uh, more security are employed. When you employ more security, it's job creation. People are going to make sure that at the locations, whenever, when people are coming from work at night, um, there's proper lighting, everything is covered. Um, the, the issues of teenage pregnancy, which I alluded to as well, is going to be covered because once there's, um, there's employment, um, the kids are not vulnerable to the predators, you understand? Mm. Same with women uh, trafficking, watershedding. If we've got a 24-hour economy, all those things can be able to build dams and whatever because now we have opened the economy to everyone, not to a few. But the current strategy, which is being used by the ruling party, it won't give us away because it uh, keeps us uh, being only beggars in everything. Understand, but once we do that, we are going to even attract other investors because once we are part of BRICS, BRICS we need to be able to engage with BRICS and set and do business with the countries which we are part of because they are only 24-hour economy. But we can't be having relationships with them without including them. Mm, yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, I, as I said, I wanted to ask to focus on the economic uh, part of this later on. But it's, I mean, that's fine. I, I just want to understand. Um, for us, I need us to be a bit um, specific and practical in our approach, right? Um, what what what's your what's your target? How many jobs do you think with that approach you'll be able to create, and uh, um, by how much do you think you're going to lower unemployment? And adding to that. Uh, 
Um, what, what do you say to a voter who stays in Amanskral, the, the Zibabelehi, um, industrial area that is now a ghost industrial area? Um, how will this strategy benefit them as well? Yes, what I'm saying is that um, how it benefits if you open the uh, uh, 24-hour common or some, some, something like that. What How it helps is that, remember, there's people going on, on retirement. So once you open that, there's people who are going to retire and open the space to fill up that space. And there's going to be jobs created, understand, out of the 24-hour other shifts, understand. And mm. then by that, you have managed to absorb a certain population of people and a certain of group, group of people. Unlike now, where even if people, they go on pension, you can't replace them because it's like you're outsourcing them. It's like good returns. When they retire, you close the airport system. They become elephants. You don't use them anymore. But when we've got that uh, 24-hour economy, we're able to address those issues understand strategically so and then and check all those ghost industries they are going to be resuscitated and revived because the issue of closing early is squeezing certain business people which we have seen in people like running cabs taverns whatever the police they invade them and force them to close understand mm-hmm. but they are doing business they have employed people understand but if you check if we allow people freedom to trade even at what hours we are addressing those challenges which I'm taking to say, whether you are at the farms, whether you are wherever you are, you'll be able to operate because now we've got egg shortages in the country, they're expensive. But if the farms as well, they open up to produce more eggs and whatever, because whatever we'll be producing, if it's a 24-hour economy, we'll be able to send it to Africa because Africa as well, they need our commodities because remember... South Africa is like is, uh, is, is the euro, understand, when it other come, come to other African states, sorry to say that, because most of the equipment which we have is equivalent to the first world. So most of the systems which we have, they're equivalent to this first world, but they don't have. Why don't we utilize that space to make sure that our businesses, understand, most of our training is driven uh, from the Af- African perspective that we are using the African um, countries to sell whatever was produced or they depend on us on a lot of things, building their roles and whatever. We're able to even give certain expertise to the neighboring countries. That's what we're looking at. That's why earlier on we spoke about Africanism. We're looking yeah. on those aspects to say, no, as Africans, we need to be able, again, to trade freely so without the issue of Europeans introducing a dollar, a dollar controlling us. We need to look at those things and moving forward in the near future to say, how do we safeguard the business in Africa? Because we'll always be taking in Europe, IMF, only to find that there's a lot of money in Africa. The only thing is that our infrastructure is not yet conducive to make us to move quickly and trade amongst ourselves. Yeah, and I think most of us did expect um, the African Congress for Transformation to have a very strong economic and um, radical economic transformation agenda uh, so that, um, you know, it can be used to to accommodate a lot of Africans. I think most of us expected us, but going back um, to the political uh, founding of the party, can, can you maybe also break down for us, you know, by membership, what the response has been 
um, from province to province. We expect, of course, the Free State to be leading in this because Ndatema Khashuli is from the Free State, I think, Paris. Um, and we expect, obviously, the Free State to have responded very positively to um, the African Congress for Transformation. Can you also maybe just give us an overview of how your membership has gone and grown so far um, since the party has been founded? Uh, what I can say is that uh, it's growing rapidly. Understand the uh, free state leading, understand, but uh, we're growing, understand, every day in every province because uh, we are bringing something new. So uh, the response is very positive and uh, well overwhelming because um, our approach, that, like I'm saying, is unique. Uh, we're including the churches, we're including the traditional leaders. So uh, we're working on the morals, we're working on the issue of the drugs. So our reception is based on our system pillars that it makes us easy mm. to recruit, understand the people, because it's what they are looking at. And part of it is that we want to listen to the people to give us what they want. Mm. So our members is growing at a fast pace if I can answer you. Uh, are we talking millions, uh, hundreds? Uh, well, for the past um, millions of past. Ah, congratulations. Yes, yes, yes. We, <laughs> we can't be talking countries now. <laughs> <laughs> and with, with that said, I mean, now you have over a million, uh, if I have heard you correct, you have over a million uh, members. Uh, is uh, good standing. I'm talking about members in good standing. Oh, I see. Those that are paying. Their membership that you mean, yeah. And is is it uh, Mr. Ace Mahashule your presidential candidate? Exactly, definitely, definitely. All right, and uh, we've seen we've seen um, reports, according to some reports, um, uh, that you are creating some alliance with the newly formed political party Umkonto um, MK. Uh, is the is this the only alliance you plan to build before the election, and what is or are the strategic alliances uh, purposes that you are establishing across the spectrum? Yes, we are going to be an, an, an alliance not only with MK but uh, with the parties which we share the same vision. Uh, so, and then uh, most of the things are going to be done after elections because now we are focusing on our own building, our own brand, making sure that uh, the people know who really who we are uh, and then what we stand for because we don't want to be contaminated by the collusion because we end up losing our membership. So our main focus is to build our organization, which is act um, um, to lift and bounds, and then but uh, we allow ourselves to work with the people, the, the political parties whom we share the same vision. Yeah, and I think part of your, your focus, as you, you've stated earlier on, is that you are focusing on uh, pan-Africanism and building those uh, 16 pillars on, on pan-Africanism. And I think uh, there on, it, it, it speaks to, you know, Africa, you know, being united and Africa having, you know, one people uh, as per se. Um, but further to that, um, you know, we've also have issues that other political parties have brought to the face, such as, um, you know, the number of illegal immigrants in this country and how our borders are non-existential. Um, can you tell us what the African Congress for Transformation's position is on on exactly that issue, on illegal immigrants and versus legal immigrants? Um, yeah. Yeah, on that party, um, there's proper processes which need to be followed. As we always uh, respect the rules of the law to say, uh, if the government has got um, a system, a way of de- dealing with illegal immigrants, 
understand that we don't have a problem, but where we've got a problem is the issue of Islamophobia, of building hate among Africans. We cannot allow that because we are where we are because of those things. Uh, so we try to avoid situations where it's going to divide us and we end up doing barbaric things, killing each other, chasing each other with nukiris and spears and, and all those things mm. just because uh, we're fighting for the little which we have. Hence, we are having this approach to say, let's spread our resources, our energy, our knowledge across Africa so that what they need in Africa, we can create, in South Africa, we can create it in their own countries. We can create, uh, understand, understand their leadership. If they are doing the wrong things, like the situation in Zim, we must be able to condemn, to say no, this we cannot allow it. The elections were not free and fair, so that we cannot have influx of those people saying no, but uh, you are saying mustn't come to your country, but you are endorsing and illegit processes. So we need to have a proper foreign policy which is able to address such things because we cannot allow situations where as a political party who are fueling hatred around our own brothers. It cannot happen like that because it's going to come to haunt us because even our founding fathers from Abu Sobu or whatever, they were principally thinking about that Africanness. Abu Biko, they were preaching at. If we check our teaching, it's got all those people, Abu Steve Biko, Abu Lovopek Sobu, all the pioneers of Africanism to say that the black skin is very important. We need to love ourselves. If you don't love yourself, you don't love God. So it is very important that um, when we engage the issue of Africanism, we mean it and then we don't backtrack and we don't get distracted to say uh, the white people would be uh, exempted from such issues of illegality. Only the Africans would be targeted. That becomes a compromising position and a sense to our stance even in Africa because we are going to build, end up building a hate understand to from other African 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 countries to say who are hostile to our own brothers. Yeah, and, and, and I guess what I'm trying to ask is that you know, others are calling for you know, mass deportation of, of illegal immigrants and so forth. So I want to understand practically, I mean, it's the, uh, let's say it's the 28th of April, the votes have uh, concluded and the African Congress for Transformation has won um, majority in this country. What What is practically going to happen in the Department of Home Affairs um, that the African Congress for Transformation is looking at to do in response to uh, illegal immigrants, legal immigrants? Are we going to, you know, increase the base? Um, are we going to try to legalize people as soon as possible? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Well, that's why I said earlier on that we are going to uh, follow, understand, and um, as per the constitution, the, the proper rules of doing those things. We are going to do it within the confines of the law to say if someone uh, we need visas for people to come through so that we regulate their changes, let it be we implement that, understand, but without discriminating or targeting a certain race. Because currently it is seen as if it's targeting a certain race because you find that you never see, um, let's say, Operation Tutula uh, attacking uh, white people in something or whatever and questioning them. But you see them attacking our own brother. And it does not look well, understand, that in all over the world if we've got that approach. But we've got systems where by now, if you've seen that the Minister of Warm Affairs 
is having systems with BMA and, and trying to integrate every system. So as if it's a good system, we can't discard that as long as uh, it is um, respect the human dignity, understand, um, uh, because we need to show humanity Ubuntu whilst we are addressing that. Because we are not saying can a lot of people can walk willingly into the country and go and commit crime willingly without being controlled. We don't stand for that. Anyone who does that must face the consequences of that. Uh, we need to have uh, systems of making sure that if people, they come for ICLM, where do they stay and all those things so that we can be able to regulate the issue of um, illegality uh, on that. Uh, where there were issues of permit, understand, we need to correct it and make sure that the people, they understand. Everyone must be able to give a method the opportunity and amnest so that we yeah. can help to capture all the people in the system, their fingerprints. Because mm. the challenge is that, what, 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 what is the big challenge? You cannot have people who you cannot identify in the system. When mm. a crime is committed, mm. their fingerprints is not there. So we need a system yeah. which is going to make sure that it encompasses that, that you don't have that look for even when it comes to technology. Speaking to us, of course, is Mr. Ntanta Mabena, the national spokesperson for the African Congress for Transformation. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back right after this short break uh, to talk to Mr. Ntanta Mabena on the economic policy and position of the African Congress for Transformation. We'll be right back. This is Ubuntu Radio. Ubuntu Radio. A better South Africa, a better Africa, and a better world. Don't be fooled into smuggling drugs in exchange for money or a free vacation. Many South Africans are currently serving lengthy prison sentences abroad for drug-related offenses, often in deplorable conditions. Do not accept gifts from people you don't know very well or offer to carry parcels, letters, handbags, or suitcases for other people when traveling abroad. Remember that in some countries, drug convictions carry the death penalty. This message was brought to you by Ubuntu Radio in partnership with Durko Consular Services. Ubuntu Radio. South Africa's public diplomacy in action. Follow Ubuntu Radio on Twitter at Ubuntu Radio ZA. Ubuntu Radio ZA. Yes, you are still tuned into uh, Ubuntu Radio, the midday conversation with ourselves, Vusi Maupa and Sabelo Makubo. Uh, we are in conversation with uh, Mr. Ntantla uh, Mapena Mbutum uh, of the African Congress for Transformation. Uh, if you just joined us, we had a conversation with him around the ideology, around um, you know, what, what the approach to job creation and employment and a sort of, lot of things. Uh, you can catch that podcast when we do share it on our social media platforms. Um, but Picking on the response of your uh, Mr. Mabena when you spoke about your 24-hour economy, um, I get that your 24-hour economy is sort of your um, your strategic approach to creating jobs and lowering unemployment. Is this feasible within the current environment of uh, the load shedding crisis? Um, and uh, what will the ACT Party do to resolve this uh, challenge of load shedding? Uh. The issue of load shedding, um, if you check, it just started in recent years. And uh, if you check, um, uh, it's an issue of um, being irresponsible or not utilizing uh, the relationships which you have with the, the partners, like I said, with bricks and whatever. Because mm. once you harness those expertise, 
you won't have the challenges of load shedding because mm. uh, the engineers who are going to be repairing those things are going to be qualified people coming from those countries which we've got a relationship with. That is the first world. But if you keep on um, looking for cheap labor, if I can say, and then you'll end up having these challenges where every day the stations are collapsing, they are overheating and doing those things. But once you employ the right people, the right expertise, and then and there's no corruption on the embezzlement of those funds to maintain such um, infrastructure, then we won't have uh, a lot shedding. Because uh, if you check, most of the things is about maintenance. We can't maintain. Mm. Um, no, that's true. And this speaks to, to, to a number of things. Uh, I'm not sure how the act feels. Um, it speaks to the crippling state uh, institutions and, you know, crime. People are, I say, they sabotage around uh, load shedding. Uh, and are there any ways that you think you would, uh, things you'd do uh, that would capacitate some of the state institutions for them to fulfill their mandate? And this speaks to um, policing institutions, um, law enforcement institutions, even our own uh, state-owned uh, entities like ESCOM. Yeah, let's say on the issue, going back to all the issue of load shedding, if you check now, we're exporting, exporting a lot of coal, understand, instead of using that coal to generate more electricity. Yeah. So why do you understand um, um, sell the things which you need? So that is when we are on board, we'll make sure that um, all those resources the, the, the coal which you have, research based the coal which you have, everything. We utilize to make sure that our stations understand they meet the demands because once we create more jobs, we need more electricity anyhow. So if we are failing to have electricity now, it becomes a non starter the issue which we are thinking about to say, no, we open the economy. But we've got no choice. There's things which we need to uh, make sure that we are on board with fast track them, understand, um, instead of depending on this issue of solar. We need to look at those issues to say, let's not send our coal. And then and the issue of crime. The crime, that's why I was saying, is going to create jobs where we have more security because the security industry is the fast-growing industry as we speak now. And then um, it's employing people anyhow. It's not dismissing people. So that's job creation. Uh, law enforcement, uh, the number is lesser. They are not well-equipped. Uh, some are underpaid understand that because you cannot allow situations where but sometimes you find that uh, police officers they are earning 15,000 so uh, what, what is that for someone who is going to be uh, dodging the bullets so we need to look at even how do we compensate um, understand our law enforcement officers understand so that mm-hmm. because they, they make sure that they make us safe day and night but once you give them the liquid we make them to be corrupt at the end of the day and we blame that the system is corrupt and whatever. But we are the pioneers of that because you cannot underpay the army and you cannot undermine the police because those are the people who protect our borders, those who protect us overnight, the police. So we need to make sure that those people are prioritized from time to time so that we are much safer because we have realized that the people have changed. And I said, over time, like that's yeah. why we're getting even the churches to try to recover the morals of the people. People that don't have morals, we mustn't fear each other when the sun goes down. We are human beings. Instead, we need to protect each other. Things like that. Our traditional leaders, the spirit of Ubuntu, we need to bring it back mm. so that the issues of taking other people's things, like crime, the issues of stealing in Bombay, all those things, mm. because people now mm. are stealing something which we never thought will happen.
yeah. understand yeah. i never saw someone who's woke up at night stealing a, a water tap yeah. understand yeah. stealing a drain box blockage this they drain leads they take them and put take, take to, to, to the scrapyard mm. so we need to make sure that we engage our communities that's why i say at act we will have a program where we conscientize and teach people to say don't steal the cables don't do that because this is the effect of it yeah yeah and i think that speaks to as you've uh, correctly said the the morals um and the moral fiber depleting in this country as a whole and i think one of the biggest outcomes of the collapse of the moral uh, fiber uh, you touched a bit on it is is, is corruption um, we know that in this country we have a big 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 massive massive um, corruption problem and that it is in private sector it is in government it is in, 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 in everywhere where you um, encompass and see this corruption what is the uh, African Congress for Transformation's uh, stance on, on, on addressing the issue of corruption yes it's part of our 15 pillars uh, corruption that um, with corruption uh, you know um, that we won't go anywhere would be stagnant uh, and then uh, it's very difficult even to recover the monies or whatever is going to be stolen or embezzled so the most important thing like i said is that let us work on on our morals understand to say um, you don't take what does not belong to you and then we eradicate the issue of greediness because some of the things is an issue of greediness so um when we uh, taking understand leaders on board, we need to make sure that we do a proper analysis and vetting, understand, uh, on how uh, they, 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 they perform. I mean, it's sort of lifestyle audit to say, no, if we give you money, are you get, go, going to be able to handle money and fame? Because most of the people, they end up being corrupt because they have tested fame, something which they never had it before. Now, they become greedy, they start embezzling the state funds for their own people, for their own um, cahoots, uh, their mm. friends and relatives, everything. Because now, they were born poor, they were poor then, but the organizations made them to uh, um, jump up to the upper uh, structures, and now they are abusing uh, mm. that luxury and the which has been um, given by the people. Mr. Mopana, let's maybe, I mean, to, to that question, um, and then that this can maybe also help us to clear the, the, the air. Um, how do you give confidence to a voter um, that potentially would vote for ACT, but when they read on the news, they see headlines around your presidential candidates uh, who's been uh, painted around the same um, in the lines of corruption and accused of a manner of things. Um, how do you give confidence to such a voter? Uh, the issue is that uh, until proven guilty, yeah. so um, surely uh, we cannot, before the courts of law, uh, pronounce and paint someone as if is uh, dirty when it's not proven by the law. But sure. until such time, and then you can say that. But now we see him um, as an activist, a pioneer, has been in the game for a long time. Right. He has done a lot for the people, taken people to the university. Um, uh, he has done a lot for the people, understand. His record speaks um, um, for itself. But now, um, these issues which are surfacing of corruption, which is uh, not proven yet, uh, we are not looking at it as acts. 
ask him as our leader, he was our presidential candidate. Yeah. We want to see him going to parliament and driving our, our issues, our manifesto, and then so that we achieve what we want to achieve. All these things of corruption, um, we'll see them as we turn along. Right. Um, now, now let's come back to to the man on the ground. Um, I saw I saw an article about Mahali's um, water quality in uh, Monagato. Uh, I think uh, this week um, when I saw that picture, there was some brown water coming off of the tap. What What do you say to a resident in uh, Monagato that is uh, struggling with this issue? How would you ensure that your party will deliver efficient service delivery in uh, in this area? Yeah, look, look, look um, I think it's very important that um, uh, everyone within um, the country must have access to uh, clean water. Right. Yes. So um, what I said as well is that now there's water tankers which can um, um, supply clean water to the communities where there's no powers, where there's no proper access. But the problem is that, as we said earlier on about corruption, that corruption goes on way. Even those people who are given um, that uh, responsibility of saying, in case uh, there's no water here, make sure that there's water here. Sometimes they send only one truck there, and they send, instead of checking the number of people in the area and talking to the community to say, how many times can we give you water so that you won't uh, have less water? So mm-hmm. the people wait for these tankers for a long time, but these things, in modern times, it's easy to know that, that these people got water. You can even check the truck that delivered water in that place on your phone. So we need to... Um, be innovative moving forward to say the issues of service delivery, especially on the issues and the same basic needs like water, we must have understand um, um, a proper understand measurement understand to say we are going to monitor these people who are giving people water and we are going to see how can we best to drill maybe boreholes or whatever if there is no dam or whatever supplying it until a proper and sustainable measure is done. But once it is not done, we need to have proper people doing the business understand, and making sure that every time people get clean water. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, definitely that there needs to be capacitating of the state and tracking and making sure that people do definitely deliver those services. And I think going back to one of the pillars that you mentioned, which is on uh, teenage pregnancy, that you wish to aim and address uh, teenage pregnancy as one of your pillars. We know that um, you know there's shocking statistics around uh, teenage pregnancy and um, teenagers not being able to complete their terms in school. Um, how does um, um, the, the, the African Congress for Transformation aim to address uh, the basic education needs uh, such as pitler trains and so forth? And then further to that, how does um, the African Congress for Transformation aim to address the issues around higher education? NASPAS being incapacitated and not being able to deliver uh, the necessary funding to the students, um, you know, some of the students being desperate for accommodation and, 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 and such issues, fees must fall, etc., etc., how, what is the act's um, stance on basic education and ultimately higher education? Yes, um, thank you very much. Starting with the basic education, uh, we need to um, address um, the issue of the teenage pregnancy based on that some of the um, 
kids, the students, we need to check their backgrounds. Some of them are coming from poor backgrounds um, and they travel to long-distance schools. And uh, we need to make sure that uh, we address the issue of building new schools so that everyone can have access to new schools, not these private schools which are mushrooming and very expensive to some of the population. So we need to make sure that we address that and uh, so that the, um, these girls, again, these issues of the teachers, uh, they are impregnating these, um, these girls, some of them. So we need as well to have a program where we engage the teachers to say when we take the kids to them and they spend more time with them, they must be the fathers and mothers to the kids, not to become boyfriends and girlfriends to the kids. That one we need to know because um, thereby we could uh, avoid the issue of teenage pregnancy. And then us as parents, we need to play a role whereby we build, like I said earlier, on the morals of our children, dress code, how they project themselves to the public, so that at least some of the things we can keep at them, understand? Unlike to say we fold our arms and say, no, um, uh, she has dropped out of school and then she's got a child or she can go back to school, things like that. We can't do that. Mm. Some of them, I understand, is that I was uh, at a um, nurse sometime, there was an issue where a girl was raped. When she's raped, I understand, and then the home was burnt and then they were held at ransom by Inkabi for some time yeah. and then after that, that girl dropped out of school. Mm. So sometimes they drop out of school because of circumstances and she's got a child now. Mm. We are encouraging her to go back to school. Mm. But what they made her to have a child is that uh, she, she was raped and then she had to drop out of school and after that she had to find means to survive because she's coming from a poor family. She's got a child now. Now she's got to fend for that child but she's a young and stand person. Mm. So we need to look at those things to say let's protect our kids. The teenage pregnancy must come from the mothers. The mothers must play an important role as well because we need to go back to the basics. We are Africans. We know how we used to conduct ourselves, understand. That's why there was this spirit of Ubuntu. But now, because of Western medicine, let's avoid getting carried away by these Western norms, which are going to compromise, understand, on how we discipline our kids or how we engage our kids to prepare them to a better future. Mm-hmm. But Pena, we spoke to a professor, uh, Professor Hollander from uh, Stellenbosch University, um, just a couple of weeks back, um, and he was speaking to the point on um, the necessity and the question around the basic income grant. Um, can you just very quickly tell us if um, the African Congress for Transformation has a stance on the basic income grant, and how does this um, basic income grant get funded in, 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 in your policy? Yeah, well, we see it um, as the uh, as ACT is that um, uh, three fifty is very likely um, based on the um, current um, challenges, economic challenges. It does not uh, you can't even buy understand um, um, a grocery to say it's just for a millimil and maybe fish oil and stand because fish oil is very expensive. So it's very little. We need to find a more way when we say we are helping people, subsidizing them. It should be something. Um, which can help them um, understand that for, for a period of time, not that when you get this money by the close of business, you don't have that thing. It's like you are not helped. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the funding? 
Uh, the funding is to say, once understand, we've got a lot of resources, understand that, within um, the country. That's why I was saying uh, we need to be, we need to go back to the founding principles of our uh, uh, forefathers, like Abu Sobu, were to say, if he's saying, I want a government, government, governed by Africans for Africa, in Africa, what did he mean on that? He say whatever we do, we should do it to our people. The resources like platinum at Rustenburg, it should be benefiting every South African, that platinum. All the resources which are underground should be benefiting. They will be able to subsidize the issue, the, the issue of grant. Mm. Like you find that in the issues like South Arabia, the people are subsidized because there's a lot of oil. That's why they don't want to work. They've got a mate. They are living large mm. because of the resources which they possess. But come to Africa, a few people steal diamonds and sell it on the black market mm. or what they call an red diamond. They don't want that diamond to help people of Kimbal. Mm. They don't want that uh, coal to help people of Whitbank. They don't want that understand, uh, chrome to help the people of Bakersford. Mm. You understand? That Mr. money is taken and put somewhere and it does not benefit the people or, or the inhabitants of that place. Mm. So once they address those things, the subsidy can go as far as up to about 3,000 per month if mm. we know that we've got resources in our disposal and we make sure that we manage them accordingly instead of just taking them and taking them to the first world. Mm. Mr. Mabena, you, you and us, we can have a conversation the whole day and looking at the number of issues that we are, are talking about. But after all this is said, um, what is your selling point? Uh, in 60 seconds, maybe tell us why should the listeners vote for your party? Yeah, what I can say is that um, uh, the, 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 the nation or the voters must have their confidence in us is that where we work the talk, we work tirelessly, we work with them, we work for them, we make sure that they are inclusive, they are not excluded in any decision which we make, whether there's amendments, whether there's additions, deletions, or whatever in the constitution, we make sure that we consult with them on board because we are here for them, not for our jackets. And we know they are blight. They've been uh, wailing for a long time. They've been crying for a better life. And so we must make sure that they vote for us. They will realize it. And they will live to see a better tomorrow because now it remains a dream. But when they vote for EACT, they will realize that dream for a better tomorrow. And the better tomorrow, which they will be able to realize. That's that- what we do. That's uh, exactly 60 seconds that you've uh, uh, campaigned your party there. Uh, we wish you all the best. I was uh, uh, having a talk running here as you were speaking, and exactly on the 60 seconds you were able to sell your party. We hope and uh, pray that the listeners do uh, vote for your party and uh, you continue to do the great things that you are promising to do uh, once you are in power. Uh, we'll be keeping you accountable and uh, getting in touch with you from time to time. But uh, Mr. Mabena, thank you so much for your time and uh, joining us this afternoon. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking to you. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. A pleasure is all ours. So that is uh, Mr. Ntlantama Bena, the National Spokesperson of the African Congress for Transformation.